0: Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And we have
1: an incredible show on tap. You're going to want to write down this number. It's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. It is week three of our Super Zoo New Pet Products Special. And we're featuring the latest and greatest new gadgets and goodies for your pet and you. And we have giveaways of all of these items. That's coming up in just a few minutes. And in fact, we're going to be giving away a dozen brilliant pads. And these are the automatic self-cleaning potties for your dog. So be listening. Make sure you have that number written down. That will happen before the end of the show.
2: You're going to want one of these. You love it. It's going to change your
1: life. (laughs) Also... How safe is your pet food? There's been a new survey or new study done by the Clean Label Project that finds that there's lead, mercury, a lot of heavy metals, arsenic, cadmium in your dog's and cat's food. What? They've tested over a thousand brands. Yeah, Yeah, I know. It is scary. We're going to find out what the results are. And we're also going to ask you if your animal's been diagnosed with cancer to be a part of a new survey and study to find out if it was related to perhaps one of these heavy metals in the food. So that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Also, your calls, as I mentioned, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And Lori, over there, busy in the newsroom with Roro. Oh, Roro's so cute when he sleeps. Did you know he's drooling, oh, yes. he's drooling <laughs> he's a little bit?
3: now. He's been so noisy. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't wake him up. What do you have on tap for us? I'm going to tell you about this celebrity who is a huge animal advocate. She is no longer going to be part of social media or allow her dogs to be. We'll tell you why. Because somebody did something that was not right to her and is affecting a whole lot of animals because of it.
1: Okay, that's on the way in just a few minutes. Let's go to your calls first. Hey, Pascal, how are you doing? I'm okay. What's your name? I'm Hal. And this is Judy.
4: I I listen almost every Sunday. I live in Santa Barbara. Oh,
1: you listen on KTMS, I guess, in Santa Barbara.
4: That's what it is. Yeah, 990 AM. Yep,
1: there you go. You know what? We've been on that station for almost since 2003. Yeah. Wow.
4: You've
1: been listening a long time. So what's going on?
4: So, uh, I I live on a street, uh, in Santa Barbara, it's a city street and my neighbor loves animals. And by some strange reason, her veterinarian encouraged her to leave cat food out for the raccoons because she said they're starving. Mm. And now we have between three and five raccoons and probably six skunks, baby ones, and, uh, one time i almost got squirted coming in mm. uh, and i i called a few uh veterinarians up and they told me uh that it's not encouraged but my friend says her veterinarian's been feeding them for 30 years and said that stuff about the round worm and rabies is over exaggerated it hardly mm-hmm. ever happens and Big wow. animals need to be fed, so uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to do anything, but I'd like some strategies, like what to do if the raccoon gets aggressive. <laughs> that's what I'm well, afraid
5: of. Well, I first want to address what you know the um, your your friend said um, about uh, the misinformation their veterinarian has given them, because that is completely irresponsible um, to advise oh. someone to feed wildlife near human habitation.
4: It that's is the part, irresponsible. That's the part I and there's two kids that live in our apartment complex so yeah. I'm a little worried about that.
5: Yes. So, no, I, I totally agree with where your feelings are, is that, you know, wildlife, you know, they survive without our intervention just fine. And, in fact, um, when we become part of the equation, we complicate things. So we actually make them more at risk for getting hit by cars um, so that they may not live that healthy life. Um, so they can do very fine living out, doing their own thing, away from hum- human areas. The reason for me that I'm very passionate about... Um, You know, I love wildlife, but I do not want them near my house or the house of my family members or my friends because, um, you know, we have this crossover between uh, wildlife and people. And when wildlife starts to share the same common space that we do, and yet they continue to live that outdoor wildlife, um, they can bring infectious diseases to us. Now, this is different than, say, someone who has a uh, rehabilitation li- license and may have an injured raccoon that they're, you know, caring for indoors. That's a very different situation. But when we have wildlife coming and going, feeding, doing their own things, eliminating, in our backyards, it is bringing those infectious agents. So they mentioned, um, you know, one thing you said, a roundworm. Um, and uh, I took a veterinary school on, under the teachings of one of the foremost experts in the roundworm called Baelis ascaris in, um, in raccoons. And it is, it's a horrible disease. It uh, causes blindness in children that play in, uh, uh, sandboxes that are, you know, contaminated, you know, raccoons use them as their latrine, and they acquire this infection, it goes to their eyes, to their brain sometimes, it can cause very debilitating problems. So it isn't something that's over-exaggerated. If your child is the one that can no longer see, I think you would appreciate that information in advance. Yeah, I
4: agree 100%. Yeah.
5: So yeah, so no I I I don't encourage feeding these these animals at all. So the hard thing is that you know, you've got all sorts of risks here. You know, you've got the um risks to pets and people being injured. Um, there's the rabies exposure, um, because we know that raccoons and skunks um, are two of the top uh, carriers of uh, rabies in wildlife. So cool. there's no reason I would ever encourage that to be around my pets or children in my neighborhood or myself. I don't want to have to go through rabies prophylaxis after getting exposed to a, you know, a scratch or a bite from a, um, an opossum. No matter how well-being they may be, um, it still puts humans at risk, so...
4: Can I say one more thing? Because that was mm-hmm, something sure. else. I mentioned that to her, and she said, oh, her veterinarian said they don't, they're very clean animals. They don't uh, poop near where they eat. And she, she seemed to think it was like hundreds of yards away. But yeah. the article, it, it really, I read, said the yeah. roof, they do go up on the roof. And then yeah. uh, also in the gardens, I thought, maybe. Yep, so, yeah, Absolutely.
5: So and it doesn't matter, you know, you can argue about, you know, she can argue about where she's feeding them and the location and the proximity, but that really doesn't matter. You're encouraging them to tread into your backyard so they may eliminate wherever they will. You know, they're not dogs or cats, so they're gonna, they're gonna go where they're gonna go. And, um, you don't know where they're going, so you could be, you know, becoming exposed to different parasites, as uh, well as, well as I other bacterial. wash my
4: hands a lot now because when I dig in the garden, I, I make sure I wash my hands like four times afterwards.
5: Mm-hmm gloves. Gardening gloves are uh, you know, another good way to help protect yourself um, if you're concerned about this kind of thing. If we have an aggressive wildlife that's behaving erratically outside of their norm, so meaning you know, some of these animals are nocturnal, say for like a possum or even a raccoon, they're more active at nighttime. Um, if they're out during the day and they are acting aggressively, you need to get the heck away from them. Do not do anything to try to deter them. You need to get yourself safe because you do not want a rabies exposure. You you know, so I, I have to say that's number one and foremost. Now, if there is one around or gets into, say, a shed, a garage, something like that, I would call the animal health authorities so that they can pick up the animal and test it for rabies. Um, but you really, um, you know, you don't want to try to trap them and capture them on your own. Um, human safety and animal safety is always first, so I, w- I would make sure you um, avoid any kind of confrontation as much as you can. Potentially there, putting oh, I've got one more
4: question. I got. I found out there's a vaccine for dogs if they get the raccoon worm, but is there one for human beings? Is there any treatment at all?
5: Um, I'm not sure if you're talking about the, the, the parasite. Well, yeah. um, there's not yeah. necessarily a vaccine for that, but regular deworming, um, our regular veterinary dewormers will treat this. Um, but the important thing is they need to be on that consistently every month so that so you people, don't know when they... I don't know about people. I don't treat oh. people. <laughs> Even if you come oh. in on four, uh, four legs and uh, wearing a dog collar and bark, and I, I can't treat you.
4: <laughs> so, so, so Dr, Dr. Debbie, thanks for your help. So let me just ask you this. So is there any agencies in Santa Barbara County that could send a memo out to all the veterinarians about this issue and asking them please don't encourage your customers to feed them? Like yes,
5: that. I would say for the veterinary group you'd be looking at your state veterinary board would be one okay. of the uh groups. Okay. Um every every state has their own jurisdictional um veterinary board, so okay. that would be one. Um there's also and those fall down into different levels county as well.
4: Um state but you can veterinary do that. board. That's a good lead. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
5: And then the other thing would be is just your regional um you know, Board of Health. Um oh. so we have a, a health district in um in my region and so they send out alerts not just to human physicians, but when there's something that could be at risk for both people and pets, they'll send out um, advisories by email, text and um faxes for those that work in, you know, in the fax world. Um so that would be another thing is to look at your um your your local health district
4: there. Oh, that's a big health certainly report. Okay, thank you. Thank you,
1: Pascal, for your call today, and thanks for listening oh, thank to Animal Radio. We appreciate it.
4: Yeah, I I, I love it. I, I actually uh, uh, gave somebody that phrase that you use. I don't know if it was the same people, but about 40 years ago, uh, I'm a Buddhist, and we were talking about animals, and I said, you know, animals are people, too, you know.
1: <laughs> you know what's funny about that is usually the comments we get about that are negative. Uh, but I'm glad, glad to hear that you're using it in a positive light. Thank you so much for listening today.
4: Okay, bye bye. Toll
1: free 1 866 405 8405. Don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and uh, Blackberry. Animal Radio Super Zoo special is brought to you by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self cleaning dog potty. Get this, it automatically replaces a soil pad with a fresh, clean one so your home stays odor-free and you never have to touch, see, or smell yucky pads again. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com. And thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio.
6: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people In Long Island, a dog named Bentley took his owner's car for a joyride and ended up crashing into a coffee shop. The 50-pound dog's owner, musician Brian Mayer, said he just wanted to keep his best friend warm, so he left his car running while he ran into the Cool Beans Coffee House to sign up for an open mic night. The next thing I knew, Mayor explains, I looked up to see my van coming at me in the window with Bentley in the driver's seat grinning at me. Luckily, there were no injuries, although a window and some patio furniture were damaged. Bentley seemed to enjoy the ride, wagging his tail happily after he got out. The owner of the coffee shop took it all in stride, calling Bentley a really sweet dog. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people, too. Animal
7: Radio. Dogs gotta go potty. Sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands-off for weeks at a time. Then disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility and improves hygiene for you and your dog. So spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today.
8: We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food. But we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis. Reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free canine caviar.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the dream team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio.
1: Listen up. If you have a dog under 25 pounds, in just a few minutes, we're going to give away a dozen. You'll only need one, but we're going to give away a dozen of these brilliant pad self-cleaning potties for your dogs. And Judy loves them. You've actually had one for about four months now.
2: Oh, and I would never give it up. It has changed my life. It has made things so easy for my dog just to go to the bathroom. And with the push of a button, I have a clean pad. I don't have to handle anything. I don't have to dispose of anything. And it lasts for lasts me for about 30 days or so. And at the end, you just take the roll and dispose it and put a new one in. And there's no smell. I don't understand how there cannot be any smell whatsoever with this thing sitting there for 30 days (laughs) You know, even when I take the roll out, I sniff it to see because I thought, okay, it's been there for 30 days. It's got to smell. I can't smell anything.
3: (laughs) And you just can't resist the temptation. I know. I know. You
2: got it. It's like, okay, nobody's looking. I sniff it. You know?
1: Well, we're going to give away a dozen of these coming up before the end of the show. Also, we're going to be giving away a clever pet. This is a uh, puzzle toy. We'll tell you about it in just a couple of minutes. It's our Super Zoo Pick of the Week for your dogs. It distributes treats to them. Uh, but they, they have to
2: work for but it. But they have
1: to work for it. They have to hit yeah. a certain light on it to uh-huh. make it activate. It's cool. And we'll tell you about it. I
5: just love to put- puzzle toys. I think they're one of the most underused things that people can do to keep their pets um, occupied and from developing bad behavior. Yeah,
1: you know what? Ladybug, is. she's smart. and she <laughs> She's really smart. and She, she uh, is. She needs these kinds of toys and puzzles.
3: To challenge her. Roro loves them.
1: Yeah. well, And you know what? I don't know if Roro's easy to train, Ladybug was easy to train. How's Boss as far as training?
5: You know, he's very smart, and he kind of trains himself. He's, he's actually been far smarter than um, I think we've ever thought. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> it's usually the smart dogs that have the behavior problems just because they kind of like, you know, I know better. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that silly thing. Does it's
3: this a, puzzle involve food, by the way? It does yes, involve food. Yes, Of it course, does? Uh, oh, yes. Roro.
1: All over. Lucky day, babe. (laughs) So we're going to give away one of those in just a few minutes. We'll tell you more about it around the corner. Also, what the heck is in your pet food? We've discussed this before, but there's a brand new study out that shows that there's a lot of heavy metals and perhaps even arsenic and lead in your pet food, and it could be causing cancer. It could be causing a whole host of problems. We're going to talk to somebody from the Clean Label Project just around the corner, right here on Animal Radio. Let's take your calls toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Summer's here. You're excited. We're all excited. But, you know, it could mean a little extra anxiety for the animals between the thunderstorms and the lightning and the kids running around. You don't want your animals suffering from anxiety. No one likes to see their furry best friend trembling in the corner. And that's where Composure Supplement Choose from Vetra Science comes in. And let's go to line three. And we go to Vicky. Hi, Vicki. Hi. Where are you calling from today?
9: I am in Idaho. Mm, is
1: that where you live?
9: I'm actually a truck driver, and I'm on the road right now.
1: Okay. A chick driver? Is that what you called yourself? <laughs> I like that. Chicks drive much better than guys. I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie. Hi yes. there.
9: Hi. I have so what you got going a nine-year-old Boston Terrier, and she <clears throat> has demodectic mange mite. Okay. And I'd like to know if there's something that's natural that I can treat her with.
5: Okay. So how was this diagnosed?
9: Um, she, is she having a problems? Or? Uh, yeah, her, her cheeks get a little bit puffy and red, red spots. And so the vet did a scraping.
5: Alrighty. Well,
10: uh,
5: I guess we'll back up a little bit because Demodex mites are really common in, in the Boston Terriers. Um, it's, you know, more common, I'd say, in the young pups, um, because it is a function of their immune system and how it's maturing. So there's the young dog form and kind of the old dog form or <laughs> mature dog form. Um, so in a young dog, I, I expect this in a Boston and I'm not too bothered by it. In an older dog, it does bother me if we detect Demodex mites. And, and not so much because the mites themselves are serious, but But in order for it to occur in an adult dog, there's usually got to be something wrong that's kind of making their immune system out of whack. Because the normal pet um, actually, believe it or not, has these mites on their skin. I might even find them on a perfectly normal pet if I scrape their skin. The problem is, is when their immune system and their skin can't kind of fight this off. So for an adult dog like yours, I would say, okay... You know, there's ways to treat the mites, but my bigger concern is why did she get these? And I'd want to make sure we check for a couple different health problems because it's real common in dogs that have underlying hormone problems like thyroid problems, um, Cushing's disease, which is an adrenal gland problem, um, diabetes, and, you know, even cancers and so forth. So the other things that kind of take her stresses away from fighting off the mites are going to be my bigger concern. Okay. Now, in answer to your question, is there something natural you can do? Uh Not really. Um, sometimes we'll use probiotics to boost immune support, um, but really it's a function to get into the heart of the problem and then to address these mites.
9: She is a blue and white Boston, and because they're not typically supposed to be blue, she has had a lot of skin problems. Mm. And, um, you know, so she's been treated for skin cancer, um, oh, really? okay. and then the mites kind of come and go at different times of the year.
5: Okay, okay. And and having the blue color dilution um, in a lot of breeds, yeah, that signals uh, kind of a life, lifelong skin disorders and problems, and they just don't have the normal defenses when it comes to uh, dermatological problems. So, um, so I don't think I would necessarily look so much for something natural that's going to cure this. Um, I would definitely have they used um, ivermectin in the past for her. Yes. Okay, because that's the the best line therapy is a drug called ivermectin. Um, unless we have a herding breed like a collie or an Australian shepherd, um, but that's something that I would definitely kind of lean towards that route. Well, thank okay. you. You're welcome, Vicky, and thank you so much for the calling. Give that baby a pat on the head for us.
1: Okay, I will. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. This portion of Animal Radio underwritten by Vetra Science. Let this summer be stressless for your pets with the help of Composure by VetroScience. From GlycoFlex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for science supplements. And I thank VetraScience for underwriting Animal
0: Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
10: Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and donor separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at vetraScience.com.
11: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm
3: Lori Brooks. Former Real Housewives of Atlanta star Kim Zolchek-Beerman, who has her own reality show now, has taken to social media to call out Whoever it was that phoned Animal Control in Atlanta to make a report that the reality actress didn't take care of her dogs. But even if you're not a fan of the don't-be-tardy, wig-making mogul and reality mom, you have to know... What a diehard animal advocate she is. She donates to rescues. She fosters animals. And after her son was bitten by a dog, she made a really public point, this kind of campaign of getting him back into his own animal-loving groove by having him work with foster puppies. Uh, Kim also post a lot about her dogs and foster animals, but now she says that's all going to change after someone who she doesn't even know called Animal Control with that phony report about her. She says she will no longer be posting about her dogs on social media, and that's really a, a big shame because she has done so much to bring awareness of animals in need and uh, also to those who abuse them, so we're sorry to see that. Can you imagine finding out that a pet you believed was dead, had been put to sleep, is actually still alive. It is exactly what happened to Tawny Coates and her son in Utah recently. Their boxer, Zoe, started having seizures last year, and that was when her husband took Zoe to the vet to be put to sleep because they thought it was too bad. So then Tawny went online to look for another boxer for her 11-year-old son because they had been so super close. Well, that's when, you know, she's looking for a new dog, and she stumbles onto this picture of Zoe saying that this dog, Zoe, was in need of a foster home. And she's thinking, wait a second, that was was my dog who just should be gone. So all of these new details begin to emerge now, and here's what we find out. Mr. Coates dropped off Zoe at the vet's office, and the vet said, well, it seemed obvious to her that he didn't want the dog. And Zoe had years to live, according to the vet, and she did not want to put Zoe down because she knew she could make her better and find her a new home. So the vet did surgery on the dog and then contacted a rescue group in hopes of finding a new home for her. She admitted that, yeah, she messed up and not calling the family to ask if they wanted Zoe back, but she said she truly believed that they didn't want the dog. At least she says that's how they acted. So now consider this crazy story without the link of Mr. Coates, the husband, the one who took Zoe to the vet to be put to sleep. He might have been able to straighten out this whole thing. It turned into a big investigation because after dropping Zoe off at the vet, he kind of ended up missing because he ended up in jail for robbing a bank. So this person who could have solved the problem and say, you know, what happened? Yeah, I took her to the vet to be put to sleep, all of this. So what a mess. But thankfully... Tawny Coates and her son have been reunited with Zoe while the husband is who knows where jail, but maybe that's a good thing. Wow. High fives. Yeah. Is, is that crazy or what? That
1: is a wild story. That is amazing.
3: Did you follow it? Did I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's so bizarre. Yeah.
3: I was happy to hear that the vet thought that, you know, Zoe could be uh, made well and she could live a long, happy life. I mean, to me, that's a real animal caring person. Yeah, Absolutely. You know? So the dog is not property, no matter what the law says, right? Yep. Well, high fives and hugs to a very inspirational group of eighth graders in Massachusetts who have designed a high-tech 3D printed wheelchair. I really don't get the concept how that works, but it does work. And they're doing it with all kinds of things these days. But this wheelchair was special. It was for a blind kitten who also had a spinal condition. So, the kitten, whose name is Ray, was only six months old when he was adopted from a cat sanctuary. You know how cute kittens are. Who doesn't love a kitten? So, this kitten was so cute, he had no problem capturing the heart of his next-door neighbor, who happened to be the eighth-grader's teacher. She fell in love with Ray, the kitten, and actually coordinated the students and the town with their emerging technology department at their public library, and the rest is history. Ray now has a wheelchair that allows him to move around and play, and he's very well-adjusted. And the students have a great sense of accomplishment and now know that anything they set their minds to is possible. And now they're working on a four-wheel version of a new wheelchair cart for Ray. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
11: This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
12: Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com.
1: This portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soil pad with a fresh one so your home stays clean, odor-free. With Brilliant Pad, you never have to see, touch, or smell the yuck again. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com. And Brilliant Pad, thank you so much for underwriting Animal Radio. Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. We'll go back to the phones in just a couple of minutes. First, we're going to visit with the Executive Director of the Clean Label Project, Jackie Bowen. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to the show.
13: Hi. Thank you so much for having me.
1: What is the Clean Label Project?
13: Uh, Clean Label Project is a nonprofit with the mission to bring truth transparency to consumer label claims. So we do that by using data and science to help see past all the marketing Um, and all the different kind of claims on package and actually be able to evaluate products based on what's inside.
1: What's on the label is oftentimes mostly uh, written by marketers and people that uh, are paid to promote these items, like the pictures that you see on, like, Beneful, for instance. (laughs) You you see the pictures of the steak and the vegetables. Far from Uh. the truth. But uh, what you guys have done recently, a brand-new study that reports toxicity in cat and dog foods with uh, heavy metals, uh, I believe, mercury, lead, uh, cadmium, arsenic. And what did you find?
13: Yes, I, with everything that you just said, I, I completely agree with you. Marketing departments do such an effective job at really selling pet families and consumers these feelings of comfort and security. And in actuality, many of these brands really fail to deliver on the promise. And this is what we found as part of our study. So literally what we did is we went out and purchased... Over a thousand of America's best-selling dry and wet dog foods, cat foods, and treats, and tested them for over 130 different environmental, industrial contaminants and toxins. So things like heavy metals, antibiotic residues, pesticide residues, plasticizers, things like that. And what we found is it was the results were really shocking. Um, literally seeing results that are sixteen lead results, 16 times the concentration of those seen in the Flint, Michigan, um, drinking water wow. crisis. Wow.
1: Wow. And we know how bad that was.
13: Isn't there anybody regulating this? You know what? The, the FDA is ultimately responsible for regulating the pet food industry. But as we know, the FDA has their hands full with when it comes to human food and keeping that safe. So it's one where, to date, um, when it comes to pet food, it's really one that is, is secondary on the list. And it's, for me, it's always been so interesting that over the past several years, you just see this increased almost humanization of pet food. These different claims like human grade, natural, feed them like family. So for us, that Clean Label Project, it was especially interesting to see, well, what exactly, what is the truth behind these claims?
1: Okay, so it's 75% of the foods contained arsenic, is that correct?
13: Yes, that is correct. We've seen, Yeesh. we saw concentrations that were literally 500 and Uh, 55% higher than the maximum contaminant levels that are set by the EPA in drinking water. And these were things that we see in in pets. And for me, what's always so interesting is to put into perspective that whole dose response, that we're, we're talking about animals that, you know, weigh a fraction of what we do, and they eat the same foods every day, two to three times a day, which makes all of these, you just think of that overall toxic load as being so relevant and how how it can affect their long-term health and wellness.
1: We tend to think of uh, grain-free foods. I mean, that's the whole new push is get grain-free <laughs> foods as being safer. But according to your studies, they had higher levels of toxins than those that weren't grain-free foods. Is that correct?
13: Yes, that is correct. And it's, it's interesting to think about. And um, there is some some more work for us to do to really try to almost identify what is the root cause analysis. If a pet food happens to be grain-free, is it because it has a higher concentration of protein? Is it really the different protein sources that are contributing to these higher levels of toxic metals? Um, so we'd really have to do a little bit more digging. But, you know, what I can tell you is that, you know, when you test over a 1,000 products, you end up with 130,000 data points. And one thing was was extremely clear is that out of all the different proteins tested, fish by far had the highest amount of, of toxins. Um, and, and what we think that is from is just like how we hear. is like, don't eat too much sushi and don't eat too much tuna just because those types of heavy metals like mercury and lead have a tendency to bioaccumulate
1: we're going to take a quick break right here we are with jackie bowen the executive director of the clean label project Uh, when we come back we're going to find out what these heavy metals and uh, toxins do to your animals and we also need your help for a study that you're going to be doing in the future here Uh, that's all in the way right here on animal radio stick around
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. We are with Jackie Bowen, the executive director of the Clean Label Project. And she has informed us that many of the foods that she's tested, over a 1,000 foods... And she hasn't personally tested. The organization has tested it. They have found lead, mercury, cadmium, nickel, heavy metals, all kinds of heavy metals, even arsenic in your cat and dog foods. And this is all very shocking. What does this effect have on the animals, do you think?
13: In terms of the effects that it can have on our pets, the truth is that there isn't a lot of research out there about how companion animals get cancer. We do know that there is a direct correlation between the toxins that we found in pet food and human consumption. Um, So it's one where the toxins that we found are linked to a whole host of adverse health issues, things including cancer, kidney damage, in both humans and laboratory animals. So with this in mind, we can definitely see where there's a correlation that this long-term chronic exposure to toxic metals can have adverse health effects on our companion animals.
1: Okay. Dr. Debbie, didn't you say that like 65% of our animals uh, have cancer at one point?
5: Yeah. And, you know, the, beyond cancer, the other thing that I'd have to say is heavy metal exposure causes a whole host of different systemic symptoms that we may not even realize could be going on. Um, so things like diarrhea vomiting, not eating well, being lethargic, neurologic disruptions and seizures, all of, I mean, we're talking a whole lot of different systems that could be affected. It's hard to identify and say, say as a veterinarian, oh, I think your dog has a lead poisoning or an arsenic poisoning. Um, but yet if we might do, say, levels of these um, compounds, we might find that and suspect that. And, you know, the one question I have for you is, um, you know, my dog recently got a lot better when I took her off of a, a rice-based diet. And I had to think, gosh, you know, Uh, All we know about arsenic in rice and the risk to people, I I was thinking, gosh, you know, what if that was some kind of, not a food sensitivity, but some kind of toxic exposure that she was having?
13: I think that's really great insight. Um, We know that that of of the various amount of investigative work that the FDA has done on different types of commodity crops, that there was a big study done on arsenic specifically in rice. And one of the very few... um, kind of maximum tolerant levels that the FDA had released is the maximum amount of arsenic and lead that goes into infant rice cereal. And you look at it as like, that's a great start, FDA, but there's a whole <laughs> host of other products that use rice. So let's see if we can expand that a little bit more. So to your point, yes, rice has been identified as a source of, of arsenic.
1: Of the foods that you've tested, were there any that just seemed pretty good?
13: Yeah, you you actually see a variety of them. Just as I had mentioned before, that fish have a tendency to have the highest amount of toxic metals. Interesting enough, turkey happens to be the cleanest source. Um, So I would encourage, of course, um, different types of poultry. Always work with your veterinarian to make sure your pet doesn't have any sensitivities. But consider um, seeing if if your pet likes uh, turkey-based products instead. That's always a great source.
1: Are these brands listed over at your website?
13: Yes, definitely. Please come and visit us at cleanlabelproject.org. We have a listing of all of the different results, all of the products tested.
1: Most importantly, if you're listening right now and your pet has been diagnosed with cancer, the Clean Label Project wants to hear from you for a new survey and study that you guys are doing, right?
13: Yes, thank you so much for that. Yes, that's correct. So at least for for myself, I know I lost my bass at home to Annabelle last summer. And for me, after completing this testing and seeing the results, I couldn't help but wonder how the food that I fed her could have correlated and how somehow it could have went back to how it had adverse health effects, how it could have been the source or contributed almost as a catalyst to her cancer. So one of the things that we're working on right now that we're really excited about is it's called our our pet cancer registry. We have all this information about the true content of these pet food products, and now what we want to know is the anecdotal stories from you, all the pet families that have been adversely affected that have had to go through different types of cancers and, and illnesses with your pets and if there we can find any type of correlation and systematic relationships between the brands of pet food and the incidence of cancer, um, both using the information from you as well as our own analytical chemistry data. Um, we just released this registry um, earlier last week, and we've already had an access of 5,000 stories.
1: If you uh, want to participate in the survey, you can go to cleanlabelproject.org slash cancer. That's cleanlabelproject.org slash cancer. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. Jackie, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, thank you so much. It is week three of our Super Zoo new pet product special and we're featuring the latest and greatest new gadgets and goodies for your pet. And we have giveaways. And this week our gadget is the clever pet. It's a little, uh, domey looking thing. It looks about the size of maybe three or four food bowls. And on it there's three lights. And when they light up, if your dog hits those lights, it will distribute treats from its little treat sanctum. And it's a great puzzle for those dogs that sort of just need a little extra challenge. We tried it on Ladybug.
2: You know, and I know they have video to teach your dog how to use it, but Ladybug didn't take a video. Well, she's kind of smart. Well, she knows the word touch when I tell her to touch something. So when we sat down in front of this Clever Pet... And I told her to touch, she just, you know, walked over to it, and she just kind of hit it with her paw. And once she learned when she did that, she, you know, the treat dispenser would open, she just kept going back and hitting it. She, in fact, she was so fast, she didn't wait for the lights to come on. She had she needed to be patient and wait for the lights to come on, and then she hits it with her paw, and it gets a treat. She was just so into it.
1: And the idea behind it is to reduce loneliness and anxiety. You know, dogs that uh, get into trouble a lot, that have behavior problems, they need puzzles like this and it comes with a phone app a smartphone app so that you can set it to go off while you're at work wow so you you can be off at work during the day and still stimulate your dog's brain with the (laughs) with this little puzzle here it is the clever pet it is our pick of the week and we're going to go ahead and give one away toll free at 1-866-405-8405 if you want to learn more about this you can head over to their website at clever.pet Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com
3: and
0: find out what all the barking's about. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you just tuned in, we've been having one heck of a show, I'll tell you
1: that right now, but you're just in time. This hour, we're giving away the Brilliant Pad, a dozen Brilliant Pads. This is a self-cleaning dog potty we're going to be doing that before the end of the show. So get ready to dial one 405 8405 And uh, we're also going to take your calls for Dr. Debbie and Joey Volani, as we always do. Uh, Lori, what are you working on for this hour?
3: Well, our animals have, it turns out, um, are polluters. <music> Contributing to the greenhouse effect. Global warming, everything like that. There's a new study out, so I'll give you the rundown on it. And it's not good for our furry friends. You mean
1: they actually leave a carbon paw print, huh?
2: Yeah, you they know, do. my, my dog they pollutes. Do. I've tried to get him to pick up after herself, but she just doesn't. She doesn't do that no. yet.
1: Okay.
5: Nikki has gas emissions. I can attest to that. <laughs> <definitely. Yeah.
1: laughs> Serious, is it methane? <laughs> yeah. uh, let's go to the phones for your calls. Which one are we going to? Let's go to line four. We have Rick. Hey, Rick. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing? Good. I have Dr. Debbie here.
14: Okay. Yes, I, I have a chocolate lab. She's about six years old, and uh, she's got some real flaky skin. We've taken her to the vet a couple times, and they've put her on prednisone, and my wife's got some hot spot spray that she's been spraying on her. It's got uh, tea tree oil and aloe vera, and it. it's all natural and stuff. And we switched her dog food, but she still gets these bumps. And uh she's losing some of her hair, you know, and her skin is real flaky. Okay. And we don't know what else to do with her. have been giving her oatmeal baths and leaving the oatmeal okay. shampoo on her for quite a while. but
5: Okay. Uh, and with her being flaky, is she flaky all over, or is the flake kind of more like stuck to her skin and coming off in like patches?
14: Yeah, it's coming off into patches.
5: Okay. Um, All right. And you said she you switched the food, and um, is she on any kind of flea tick control here?
14: Yeah, we give her, uh, what is it, um, I can't even think of the name of the stuff now, that we get it from the vet. What's the, not the expensive stuff, but the... The brand name stuff.
5: Oh. Okay. It's always hard when the vet right. asks you the – I have that all the time where I'll ask people, what food do you feed? And it's kind of like deer in the headlights they are like, oh, it's the blue yes, bag. It's the one with the little slash on
9: it.
5: <laughs> so that's right. so, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, with a, a Labrador, definitely we have a lot of different potential causes when we're talking about skin problems. So the good old seasonal allergies combined with food allergies tend to be a really big pot of potential causes for that type of problem. So, you know, some of the things you're doing aren't bad. And if we're not making headway, then I'd certainly want to try looking at doing a couple other things there. Um, for any dog with itchiness, hair loss, dry skin, one of the really natural things that I'm a fan of doing is supplementing omega fatty acids. So typically, these tend to be the fish oils. So we're not talking about just taking Crisco or um, pouring vegetable oil on the food. Those tend to be higher in omega-6 fatty acids and so we really need to supplement in dog's diet the omega-3s which are naturally poor in dog foods That's just something we have yep. to add in so fish oils would be a great place to start to add that in to, uh, to as an oral supplement
14: um, we've, we've been giving her a couple capsules of fish oil every day
5: for okay the past great.
14: month and a half and Things just haven't changed there either. So.
5: Okay. All right. And being a labrador, some of the other common problems that can be linked with skin disease can be thyroid disorders. So if you haven't already had this baby's thyroid level checked, that would be something that I would definitely recommend. Um okay. hypothyroid hypothyroidism or an underactive thyroid can definitely cause problems with hair loss. It can cause problems with dry skin, even things like weight gain. And and gosh, most Labradors love those calories. So they grab on those calories really well. So that Mm -hmm. might be something worthwhile looking into. And uh, in many cases, even if I don't see them, I'll either do a test for skin mites or I'll just go ahead and start treating for mites, especially when we have some chronic problems. There are some various types of mites that can be present and they're not visible by the naked eye that can complicate some of these skin therapies when we're doing this. So that would be one other thing to consider trying. And then a diet management for me, um, if we can play hardcore tough love mom and dad, then that is a great strategy when we have a dog that we're worried about the skin, and maybe they have some food allergy. And that basically is not just simply changing brands of food, but really working with your veterinarian to find a hypoallergenic diet. And that means we have to be very super strict in the household. No treats, no raw hides, no goodies off a of mom and dad's plate, um, no even edible um, supplements, things like heartworm preventatives. We have to switch to the kind that don't have flavorings in them. Um, Those type of things we have to really limit if we're doing a very serious food trial. Um, And there's different strategies with that. Uh, We've talked some on this show before about the hydrolyzed protein diets um, as well as the novel protein diets. And there's different schools of thought with that. Um, But that would be something to also talk to your veterinarian because that's kind of a Two hour lecture from Dr. Debbie. (laughs) As Hal says, sometimes I can get, I can get kind of passionate about these topics. Yes. Um, but I think that is one of the things. And actually we know compliance with food allergy prescriptions. When I give a prescription to someone and say, okay, I'd like you to follow this hypoallergenic diet. Research shows that only 20% of pet owners can actually do that because of household situations um and also just compliance because it is tough. So that would be one right. thing that if, if you can do it and you can kind of put all your efforts into that, that one thing might make a big difference. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be another thing to really look at for this kid. And in some cases, if I do all these things and we're still feeling like we're treading water and we're not getting ahead of the game, um, you know, there are veterinary dermatologists. Uh, we have some in our, um, local veterinary community that we will look to if we need to do specialized allergy testing, um, or even just a, you know, consultation to give us some direction. So, um, if that's something where your veterinarian feels like they've kind of taken it as far as they can, um, you know, see if that's an option for you as well. Um, okay. but, uh, there's a, there's a lot more that we can do. It just depends on, um, how a aggressive you want to get about getting an answer i've actually gone to taking a biopsy sometimes of the of pet skin and we'll find out oh that's a hormone related disease oh my gosh we need to check this dog for uh thyroid disorders we need to check this dog for a Cushing's disease and it gives us a different direction
14: okay now we have we have two other labs we got another chocolate lab puppy she's a seven months old and then we got a yellow lab that's uh eight years old and and they don't have it so would the mm-hmm. mite spread if, if that was what it was Would
5: some kinds can but others can be more of an immune problem so it can be an individual problem Um, particularly demodex type mites are um, not trans not typically contagious in the normal sense of the word and it sounds like you're a man who loves his labs just like uh we do we've we've
14: gone (laughs) uh, well this this is our fifth one now Well we have had five already and a couple of them one had uh cancer here a couple last year and we had to put him to sleep and the other one she was like 16 years old and we put her to sleep and and we've got the ashes all in the house there and little little things with pictures and stuff so oh yeah we love our dogs we're out here in the woods and we love it out here so
5: uh well they're they're all close with you i'm sure and and oh yeah (laughs) yeah Well, best wishes with you there, Rick. And I, I hope that gives you a little direction there with that baby. And, uh, you know, I i don't know if you have a preference on the labs. I, I find that chocolate labs, sometimes I do see a little bit more skin disease in them, especially food allergies. Hmm. Um, so just kind of something I'd have to say. Uh, this past week I had two chocolate labs come in that had food allergies that we were working on. Wow. one
1: 405 8405 is the number here. It is toll-free to talk to anyone of what we call our dream team I think you'll agree this portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soil pad with a fresh, clean one, so your home stays odor-free, and you never have to touch, see, or smell yucky pads again. You can learn more over at BrilliantPad.com. And thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
9: Hi, this is Betty White.
15: All us animal lovers love Animal Radio. Please help every way you can to make life better for our animals, like the Morris Animal Foundation does.
16: Hi, it's Alan Cable. Here's a dog tip for you. You're in a dog park. You don't like letting your dog off the leash. You're not certain if your dog will obey you when you call him. But what the heck, you feel bad, you want him to run free. So you let him go. Everything's going great till this one dog shows up and your dog takes off. You try calling him, but he pays no attention to you. Now think about it. What's your next step? Is it frustration? Yelling? Do you walk towards the dog mad? Body all tense? Already knowing as soon as you get close, he's going to run away? The only thing you can think of is you got to get him by that collar. Okay, let's stop and look at this. Your dog's not... listening he doesn't respect you dogs respond when you're secure and confident calm when you act like a pack leader now providing your dog already understands what it means when you say come if you can approach him calmly and put him in the submissive position below you give him a correction right then and there bad dog put him on a leash great but if you can't catch him (laughs) well the odds are you're going to be frustrated you got to fight that now you probably shouldn't have let your dog off the leash because you knew to begin with he wouldn't listen to you he wouldn't come when you called but you did so the point is what do you do what's your response turn the opposite way and start walking now some dogs are not going to pay any attention and not care that you're gone but most dogs are going to notice because you're walking away from them, the pack. You're giving them no attention, nothing. So what do you do when your dog does approach? Reprimand him for not listening the first time? Heck no. Every time your dog comes to you without being called and is close to you, praise him. Good boy. Because if you reprimand him when he comes to you, he's never going to want to come to you. He's going to associate it with unpleasantness. Well, every time I go over there, I get yelled at. Instead of, every time I'm near that other dog, well, I get some attention. You correct them when they're doing what you don't want You praise them when they're doing what you do want, and when they're calm, just laying there, that's when you give them attention. When they're jumping around like freaks before a walk or when you just come home, pay no attention to them. Till they mellow out, you can even say that mellow out. When he gives you that, you praise him. Teaching your dog to be mellow and calm, that's the way to go. That's when you give attention.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more.
7: Dogs gotta go potty. Sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands-off for weeks at a time. Then disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility and improves hygiene for you and your dog. So spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
1: It's Animal Radio. We'll head back to the phones momentarily, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Dial carefully. It is 866. You don't want to vote for, like, an American Idol person by accident.
5: <laughs> well, maybe you do, but... I don't know.
1: The Brilliant Pad, we have a dozen of them sitting in the studio over here in the corner, and we're going to be giving away a dozen of these. Uh, under the caveat that, of course, you report back to us and tell us how much you like them.
2: And how the training goes, how, you know, how you trained your dog to use it, how quickly they adapted to it, and how much they like it.
1: And we'll do that before the end of the show right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
3: Martha Stewart is going to court again. You know that uh, she had that big insider <laughs> trading trial many years ago. And now this trial is going to have to do with the products that she made. Um, with another company that are, you know, Martha Stewart brand pet products. I've seen those. So, huh. yeah. yeah, but you haven't seen, you probably haven't seen them in a while. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, every store you walked into, they were on clearance. Yep. Yep. And it turns out now that makes sense because that's when these two, Martha Stewart and this company were really going to war and just hating working with each other. I can't Even imagine working for
1: Martha Stewart. That that would be uh, tumultuous at, at best, I yeah, would imagine. There's a
3: couple of good nuggets in this story on that subject, how. <laughs> good.
1: That's on the way in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. one 405 8405 This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Summer's here. You're excited. But for the animals, they may not be so excited. Summer means a lot of anxiety. Thunderstorms, lightning, all kinds of noises. That's where Composure Supplement Choose from Vetrascience Science comes in. And this is where you come in. Hey, Joseph. Welcome to Animal Radio.
17: Hi. I have a Jack Russell. And, um, he, he's had a couple times in the last few weeks where he's, uh, gotten up and he started, get, he starts shaking and he kind of, I guess last night my wife said he fell over and, uh, couldn't get back up. And then it, it just went away after a minute or so and he was fine
5: okay and has that been something that's just been recently that's come on or has he done that for a while
17: no this is the first time this happened was uh on new year's eve
5: and then it happened again the other
17: night so twice and it's the first time we've ever noticed this
5: okay and what does he do when he has this does he actually lose any control of his urine does he defecate or does he just kind of fall over
17: uh, he, well, the first time he didn't fall over, second time my wife said he did, but no, he doesn't, nothing like that, no. He just kind okay. of loses his balance and he's like shaky.
5: Any kind of association to what he's doing right prior to this? Is he eating, sleeping, playing, doing anything unusual right, right before the episodes?
17: Well, um, the first time he was in his bed, my daughter said he he kind of jumped up out of his bed right before it happened. And, okay. uh, the second time I think my wife said he was over by his bed. So he might have been sleeping both times.
5: Okay. And, you know, at this point, I'd say we may have a challenge determining exactly what is causing the episodes. But there's, there's basically a couple main things. Number one would be that we could be actually having a form of a seizure disorder. Because um, not every seizure it looks like that typical epileptic seizure that you may be familiar with. Um, some seizures can be very mild for dogs where they can just have a trembling of one body part or they can even stare off into space. So something like this where he's kind of having combination of issues of having some trembling as well as kind of falling down, that would have to be high on my list of concerns is that we could have a seizure. And the causes of seizures can be a lot, um, everything from epilepsy to toxins to liver disorders to blood sugar issues. So there can be definitely a lot of causes within that diagnosis. Now, there are also pets that can have uh, what we call syncopal episodes, and that can sometimes be from heart problems.
17: The one time when I was home, um, I had, after he started acting you know kind of shaky, I kind of picked him up. And, I, you know, I put my hand under his chest, and I could feel his heart really racing.
5: Sure. And um, the the challenge with the heart-related problems is that sometimes that can be a little harder to pick up. We might have to do something like an EKG um, or even a, a, a chest X-ray or an ultrasound to find out a little bit more about that. Um, but I think the big thing is that we, we do need to start getting some diagnostic tests to figure out what direction we're going because there are some pets that these episodes will get worse and worse, more frequent, and we may need to get them on some medication if we're dealing with a seizure-type disorder. Okay. If we're dealing more with a heart Based problem diagnosis is going to be key because the last thing we would want to do is give him an anti seizure medicine if he's got a bum heart and we've got a a rhythm problem with his heart. So um, that that has a totally different kind of approach to things. So I think that this is the time when I talk about getting him into the vet and it's ideal if we can get a pet that just has the episode and we get him to the vet when they're actually coming out of it because sometimes um, when blood work is we're talking about that that's when sometimes we'll pick up some different changes on lab work or even. With a heart tracing that might not be there at other times.
9: Okay. All right, well, yeah. thank you.
5: Know. Okay, and I, I certainly hope that, um, you know, we can get a handle on these things. And there are some, you know, situations where not everyone can do a lot of tests, do a lot of, I, I know people probably say, Doc, you always talk about doing tests, and I just don't have the money for it. I'd have to say that there's a lot of very simple things, and they all basically start with a physical exam. So the doctor's ears, eyes, and nose, believe it or not, the nose is very valuable in many cases, um, can really help us make some of those determinations and pick what tests might be be the most useful to, to get that answer. And sometimes it's trying different things and trying different medications. So um use that teamwork approach with your vet and, and you'll get to the bottom of things. So thank you All for right. your call. And you I hope the little guide I hope he does well. Um, love the little terriers. Uh, I'm a terrier fan myself now. This is Dr. Debbie and we're waiting for your call at 1-800. I'm sorry.
1: What's the number? You remember the number?
5: I'm trying so hard. 1-866-405-8405.
1: Come over here. I just want to give you a little hug. 1-866-405-8405. 1 866 405 8405. This portion of Animal Radio, underwritten by Vetra Science. Let this summer be stressless for your pets with the help of composure from Vetra Science. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for Vetra Science supplements. And we thank Vetra Science for underwriting Animal Radio.
10: This
0: is Animal Radio, baby.
10: Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and donor separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at vetraScience.com.
8: All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because Canine Caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with canine caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com.
11: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. You know, it's easy to see how the things that
3: we do and the machinery that we've come to rely on can create a huge carbon footprint. So now there is a new study out by a professor at UCLA who reveals that our pets, yes, the cute cat or dog right there at your feet, that they can leave a big carbon paw print. I mean, It's true. They're polluters. So here is how it works. The professor calculated the meat-based food that all of the 163 million American pet dogs and cats eat, and the waste also he had to calculate that those pets produce. And he found that they generate the equivalent of about 64 million tons of carbon dioxide each year. That's the greenhouse gas. So that is as much as about 13 million cars driving over one year's period.
1: Holy moly. And there's more. Wow.
3: Yeah. That's a lot. But he, he also claims that dogs and cats are responsible for roughly... 25 to 30 percent of the environmental impact of meat consumption in the United States. A lot of that's with cows, or most of it is, but the professor says he just wants pet owners to consider the climate impacts of pet ownership, especially as many pet parents are now switching their their furry children to high-protein premium foods, which generally contain more meat. And as I investigated this story, I have to tell you, here was another thought that I thought we should consider from an animal science professor at UC Davis who responded to this story. He specializes in livestock emissions, or methane from cows mostly. And he agrees the study does show that pets clearly have this large environmental footprint. And then he adds almost all of the meat that pets consume comes from Rendered Livestock Byproducts in My Stomach Curdled. He goes on to explain the stuff that meat processors would otherwise toss aside because people won't eat it, and yet they put it in your pet's food. And again, he said that was almost all of the meat that pets consume. Unless you're feeding, you know, a responsible or... Higher quality food, but that's what makes this story so bad on two points. One, our pets' carbon paw print, and the poor status of the pet food industry and the quality of food that is being put out for our pets.
1: Okay. Was there any word if it was cats or dogs that had a bigger carbon footprint paw print? Anything? No,
3: I didn't. Re- I didn't see that. It was cats and dogs, and okay. and no other kind of pets were put in there. It was just um, the 163 million. Pets, wow. cats and dogs. Wow.
1: Yeah. I would probably say it's the cats, though, because, I mean, you, you have kitty litter, which you don't with the dogs, which I'm sure leaves a big carbon footprint right there.
2: With dogs, that's- you have the waste pickup and the, all those plastic bags you use to
3: pick oh, up. Oh, I guess so. So, that's I guess so pretty big. Yeah, okay. And also, dogs are, I mean, there's some pretty large dogs out there who are... Releasing some, um, <laughs> larger amounts of gas out there. Right so, now in the studio. Row, row.
2: <laughs> She's a Hey, you
3: guys remember Michael Jackson's pet chimp that he used to carry around? It was back in the 1980s. Bubbles. Yep. Was Bubbles. Bub- yes. That's right. Bubbles. Yep. Well, now Bubbles is an artist who specializes in, um, well, painting. He's an artist. He paints really abstract stuff, as you might imagine. And he's really pretty big on the Miami art scene. (laughs) Bubbles went to live at the Center for Great Apes in Florida. It was about 15 years ago. And that sanctuary is home to almost 50 apes. And you've got to know that it's expensive to care for these exotic animals. The cost, they say, is about $22,000 a year to care for each one. So Bubbles was recruited to paint for a fundraiser where his pictures were sold for anywhere from two hundred to two thousand dollars each. Uh painting, by the way, is just one of many enrichment activities that chimps and orangutans at the center take part in because experts say it helps them recover from their time in captivity. And by the way, Bubbles is among the oldest apes at the center. He's 34 years old now. Wow. They say he loves to paint, but his favorite activity... I thought this was funny because we talked about a video like this not long ago. His favorite activity, playing in a tub of water. Good for Bubbles. Martha Stewart is going back to court. I don't know about you, but I think we all flash back on, Uh hmm, didn't she have that big (laughs) insider trading scandal? That was several years ago, but... Now, this time, it is a breach of contract lawsuit that was filed against her by the company that sold her Martha Stewart brand pet products at PetSmart. The two sides have been warring over this since their contract with each other expired back in 2013. Um, the company claims, I thought this was kind of funny because, you know, she has developed her reputation. And um, the company claims that Martha undermined them in product decisions and by micromanaging production of the products, which they say deprived the company of tens of millions of dollars in potential profits. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking
11: animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
12: Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Hey,
15: Jermaine. Hey, how are you guys?
1: Good. How are you doing today?
15: Well, I'm well. I have a question regarding um, domesticated and wild cats. Are they able to mate?
5: Are they able, biology wise, able to mate? Well,
15: I, you know, okay, are they able to mate and produce a litter?
5: It is. It is conceivable. Now, when you're talking about wild cats, are you talking about things like lynxes or bobcats, right. things like that? Yes, it, it is certainly possible. However, I kind of would term that a de- dangerous liaison, if I could, um, because your average uh, wild cat and domestic cat, if they meet up, it's not going to be a good outcome for the domestic cat. Unless we're dealing with, you know, human intervention or cats that have been kind of raised in uh, different environments uh, where they're used to human handling. But, yeah, it is, it's is—it's certainly possible. And there are a lot of breeds out there that are actually new exotic cat breeds where they kind of breed a, a semi-wild uh, cat into that of a domestic shorthair. So it is
10: possible. Why do you ask? i got to ask.
15: Well, I had... Um... I had a, a cat show up on my, on my deck. And, uh, at first I thought it was a, a wild thing. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, he has a bob tail. But then Uh-oh. I discovered he's neutered. <laughs> and, uh, he's declawed as well. He's okay. huge. He is huge. And, uh-huh. uh, he's got this bob tail. He has no tufts. He's got like rabbit fur and a black stripe down his spine.
13: Uh-huh.
1: Sure, it's uh-huh. not a skunk. Oh, I guess that would be a white. Yeah, really.
5: Yeah, <laughs> as far as you know, the skunks and the cats don't breed. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> thankfully.
15: So but, I, you know, I was just curious because of his size and his coat, that
5: mm-hmm.
15: you know he just looks semi wild.
5: Sure. And, you know, a lot of these uh, hybrid breeds, um that's, you know, some of the look they're going for is something that looks and retains the look of the wild cat and has the size and the, you know, cuteness of the house cat. So I'm not a huge fan of hybrid cats. Um Now... Equally, we see some very huge domestic cats out there, um, you know, just in the Maine coons as well as the Norwegian mountain cats. Both of those breeds of cat can get around 25 pounds. So they can be a pretty sizable kitty, um, and just be a regular old domestic house cat. So, um, I'd be curious to know though, um, and even if you could catch a picture of this kitty i'd love to take a look because there are some breeds like the pixie bob which is basically a bobcat mixed with a domestic short ha- short hair and uh, they kind of have a little bit of a bobcat kind of look about them and they're kind of interesting so yeah if you get a picture i'd, yeah, love, to I'd see. love to see that too yeah
15: he's pretty we'll be going to the vet in a week and a half and i'm kind of curious to see i mean he just showed up he he's moved in um you know, I mean, he's extremely domesticated, and uh, greatly enjoys being in the house. So,
5: huh. uh, well, I have to say, if he is, you know, a hybrid breed, um, one of the first things I'd say is I'd check him for a microchip because some of the hybrid breeds could go up to five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars. So, they are not a cheap pet, and if someone lost them, they would be looking very dearly for them. Right,
15: so. right. And, well, he's been living with me for about two months. I didn't expect him to day and now i feel you know responsible for his care but we will we'll hunt for chip and uh we'll find out exactly what he is and i will try to get a photograph of him for y'all that
1: would be great we'd love to see it thanks so much for your call today Jermaine. by the you're way you're welcome anybody that wants to email us with pictures or questions your voice at animalradio.com oh, <laughs> uh-oh the studio cat wants her red barn And this healthy serving of animal radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health and optimal meow. Meow. You can learn more over at redbarninc.com. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting animal radio.
7: Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you save $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon.
0: Get away the Italian way in the new Fiat 124 Spider. With up to 164 horsepower and 184 pound-feet of torque, the Spyder is the perfect performance vehicle to rev up for a top-down kind of summer. Visit your local Fiat dealer today. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio. This is week three of our Super Zoo New Pet Product Special, and last week we featured the Brilliant Pad, and this week we're going to give you one. In fact, I believe we're going to give away at least a dozen of these in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. We have with us Alan Cook. He is the brainchild behind Brilliant Pad, and this, of course, is the self-cleaning potty for your dogs. Hi, Alan. How are you doing?
18: Hey, Alan. Doing great. Thanks for having me.
1: So uh, the potty is doing great, isn't it?
18: We've been having a fabulous response. People seem to love this uh, because we love our little dogs, but not the big mess they leave behind. And with Brilliant Pad, it automatically replaces a dirty pad with a clean, fresh one, so you don't have to ever handle or smell a stinky soil pad
1: ever again. I love it. And Judy's been using this for how many months now? Probably
2: several months. And I tell you what, I would never give it up. I have to say last night, my dog, Went to the bathroom three times. And um,
1: you didn't have to get up, did you?
2: Well, you know, I got I got up because I have to let her out of her kennel, you know. And sure. she went over. She used it. I advanced it. She went back to bed. A little while later, she had to go to, again. Long story. We gave her a lot of treats yesterday, which we shouldn't have. But anyways, <laughs> you know, I didn't have to get up and turn on lights and, and you know, get pads and and you know, dispose of them, take them outside or wad them up and throw them in a bag. I mean, all I did was just go over there. After she used it, I advanced it. She went back in her crate. I mean, it was like seconds. It's just awesome. It's
1: really incredible. And uh, we're going to give listeners an opportunity to try this today. And we're looking for listeners that have a small dog because this is designed primarily for the smaller dog.
18: Yep, you know, Brilliant Pad is designed for dogs under twenty five pounds. Okay, um, and it's not an absolute weight limit. We have test. We have dogs that are thirty and thirty five, even forty pounds that use it comfortably. But the key thing is, Brilliant Pad is about the same as a large. Uh, puppy pad or potty pad you would find in the store. So the most important thing is that your dog is small enough to do its circle dance uh, (laughs) that measures about two feet by two feet, essentially uh, 24 inches by 23. And if your dog uses a potty pad of that size, uh, they should be successful on Brilliant Pad.
1: Okay, so here's the deal. If you have a dog that is under 25 pounds and you would like one of these Brilliant Pads to try for yourselves, Give me a call, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. There is a catch
2: there's always a catch
1: now here's the catch <laughs> the catch is you're going to have to report back to us how your dog is loving and how you are loving the brilliant pad so you're going to have to call back report and tell us how things are going that's the only catch yeah really. you got
2: to keep us posted to the training period how you know how they're adjusting to it how you help them learn how to use it how they're using it how it's all working
1: out this is for your dogs if you have one under 25 pounds you'd like to try it out. We'd like to send you one, but you got to report back to us how you're loving it. Okay. Toll free 1-866-405-8405. How easy is it to train the dogs to use one of these?
18: Dogs require some training to adopt new behavior, but it's no more difficult to teach a dog to use brilliant pad than to use traditional pads. And if your dog is already using pads, Getting them from using a regular pad on the ground to using the Brilliant Pad is really easy and straightforward. Typically, you take the pad they already use or whatever they're familiar with and you place it on top of the machine. And then after they go on their old pad, you make it, you fold it in half and you make it smaller. And you progressively reduce its size until they go directly on the machine. And I think, Judy, didn't you have to do something similar with Ladybug and the artificial grass that she would use?
2: Yes. What I used to do is I actually had like a, it was a doggy litter box, and I put the pee pad down. Then I put artificial grass on top of it. So she was always used to going to the grass. So what I did is every week or so, I cut the grass down smaller till it was just, she had to have that small little square of grass, you know, to continually use it. And then once it got down so tiny, she just started using it without it. And she just gets up on it and does her circles and does her business. And boy, push up a button and the smell is just gone. I don't have to smell it anymore and touch it. It's amazing.
1: Now you push a button to advance it, but it, you can also Schedule it mm-hmm. just in case you're gone during the day. You're usually around during the day. I'm usually
2: around, so but I advance it when she uses if it. If you happen
1: to be like most people and you go off to work during the day, you can schedule it to automatically remove the pad, and it rolls into a big roll, and it doesn't smell. It is awesome. I encourage you to give it a shot right now. If people want to learn more, the website. Brilliantpad.com. Brilliantpad, Okay. Toll free right now, 1-866-405-8405. How many? We're going to give a dozen of these away? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Give a dozen away right now. Again, with the caveat that you need to call back and let us know how it's going for you.
18: How does that sound, Alan? That's going to be terrific. We're so excited about the product and can't wait for your listeners to help us and to get their feedback
1: so we make a, a great product even better.
2: And if they can send pictures and video,
8: we would love it.
1: Well, it's time for us to get on out of here. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, you can get your fix during the middle of the week over at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android and BlackBerry right now. It's a great app to have. If there's ever a recall or news that affects your pets, you'll get notifications right to your smartphone. So go download that free app right now. It's the Animal Radio app. And have yourself a great week.
3: Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And besides downloading that app, be sure you go to cleanlabelproject.org and maybe together we can all do something about the sad state of the pet food industry. Amen.